Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Again, if you are driving, then you'll want to subscribe to our podcast later because we are in the middle of a series on five uh, books that every Christian uh, would be helped in reading. Uh, yesterday we looked at uh, five reference books that would be very good for your shelf. So today we're looking at five novels that would benefit every Christian. Can I go first? I know I went first yesterday. Yeah, but yeah. Go, I'll go just, ahead. I'll just go with one. Um, and this might be cheating, but Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. So I, I know that for much of at least the English-speaking world, Pilgrim's Progress has been the most published book outside of the Bible. Now, you'll have to get a little bit around some of the um, archaic language, but it's a story, and it and it, it, it sucks it's, you in. Yeah, it's a, and, a wonderful allegory yep, of the Christian life. Yep, and I, I, if you're going to buy it, I, I would suggest that you get – if you want the adult version, get the one with footnotes – and and it's annotated so that you can understand what's being said because there's some parts where you might not get the allegory, um, and so that that version is especially helpful. You know, the benefit of talking about this together is that we can appreciate what other people say about this. You know, we were going to talk about children's books later, but I would piggyback on what you said about about Pilgrim's Progress. This is something you can read to your children as well, but yep. there's other forms of it. Like, for instance, uh, there's a little book called Dangerous Journey, Wonderful Colorful Pictures, which is uh, one of the first books I was reading to my young children years ago. Is it, a, par- is it a paraphrase of it, uh, Pilgrim's it's Progress? A, obviously a paraphrase because it's, okay. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it just takes the story, but you're able to read it to children with a shorter attention span. Right. A little bit older— uh, Little Pilgrim's Progress, but you know, which is a version of Pilgrim's Progress that was written by Helen Taylor, and that you know, is that's a little more of a chapter book, you might say, and and so again, what you're seeing is this book benefits every age group. Yes, whether you're an adult or a child, every age group is benefited by it. I would suggest that if you get Pilgrim's Progress, you would get the one that is edited by Lovick, L-O-V-I-K. They've just cleaned up the the English a little bit to make it more readable without taking away from Bunyan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bunyan's voice is still coming through, but it's just a little bit more accessible than than the original. It's I know still, there's purists still, out there. It's still, it's still uh, you know, listed as one of the most read books in all of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you have to have uh, just a particular a novel or allegory in this case, that would be a good one. Yeah, I you know we were talking about different books. You know, when you talk about a novel, you're not necessarily talking about a Christian novel. You're just talking about a good novel with uh, maybe a redeeming qualities to it. You know, I had two that were influential in my life from early on. One of them was the Count of Monte Cristo. 
read that book just because it was a great book written by Alexander Dumas, who also wrote um, Man in the Iron Mask or The Three Musketeers. But it's a story about a betrayal and vengeance and then the reality that, you know, ultimately God's justice is the best justice. You know, if you get the final message of the story here, you know, you realize that vengeance actually destroys the person that's trying to enact it. And Edmund Dante's you know, is getting vengeance because on the day of his wedding, you know, uh, he's accused of something he doesn't do. He gets thrown into 14 years into prison, escapes from prison, you know. So, in, yeah, in, I've, in, seen, I've seen the movie. Yeah. Well, great. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I actually, I actually years ago in high school saw it. You know, this was back in TV, TV land when they didn't republish things over and over again. So I caught it. It was being played on a Sunday afternoon, didn't see the end of the story and wanted the book so bad that I went out and got the book. And it's been I, it's one of the greatest novels that was written. And like Jonathan, there are just books that have this beautiful redemption stories in them. Um, the Count of Monte Crisco is one of them. Um, Les Mis. Is, that was, is another one that just has this great redemptive storyline. And that's a great story about law and grace. Law and grace, I mean, yeah, here's a, sure. here, you know, you, you're talking about another petty thief. He goes to prison. Uh, he can't make his way after he's, a, after he's been released after many years. Um, he ends up stealing from a priest who has mercy upon him, and then the priest gives him the silver candlestick. I, I saw that movie too. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, you you should actually read some books because, <laughs> I, you know, what Josh didn't tell you was he only had a couple books on his list. You know, in novels. this category, in the novel category, I admit that it's just not my favorite genre, and that's a weakness. But but when I say law and grace, uh, you know, in the story, you know, here's the the prisoner who's been redeemed and and is doing something with his life. There's the prison guard, uh, Javert, who can never figure out grace. He's only about the law. And, and he, even when he's, his life is spared, he can't understand grace. Yeah. And it's a, so there's a good redemptive quality to those. You know, I would say County Monte Cristo, Les Miserables, uh, those are two great, wonderful novels. Ben-Hur would have that same redemptive quality to the storyline, just more explicitly Christian. I think the subtitle is Ben-Hur, the story of the Christ or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but. and, and that's, a, that's a great book because Ben-Hur actually wanted to write a book against Christianity. And as he investigated Christianity, he could only write a book about the Christ. Yep. Lou, Lou Wallace. Lou the, Wallace. Yeah. I said Ben Hurd. Have, have, you, have you seen <laughs> that movie, I saw too? that movie, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to keep my peace on that one. <laughs> um, but there are stories that just help you, in some ways, grab some of these great biblical themes that come out in, in a storyline. Um, I think Lord of the Rings is a great book that would series. Be, yeah, that would be a good modern one. You've probably seen that movie, too. I have, yeah. <laughs> uh, Who hasn't? You know, they, I, don't, I don't know if it was Tolkien or Chesterton or one of them said, every good story is a gospel story. Because what you do, you have these themes of it, it's looking bad, for, and then there's redemption that comes in. So every good story is a gospel story. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why some of those movies you get to see on, on TV right away after they've been in the theater 
they're there because they're bad stories. There's no <laughs> redeeming quality to yeah. them. And and so they can't sell it. Yeah. And to be honest, there are just things that the books have that there are moments, there are lines, there are paragraphs that you'll read that if you're if you're with the author are arresting. My daughter, I think, is just finished Lord of the Rings for the for the third time. Yeah. Well, what brings her back to the story over and over again are these great themes of a Christ figure of redemption, of good versus evil, of of hope and triumph of and mm-hmm. so the good stories um, have those elements. Um, I think Silas Marner has that redemptive character to it. Mm-hmm. That's a short one, Josh. If you're making a list um, mm-hmm. out of all of these, this is the. Um, <laughs> what do you say? I, I don't know. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> yeah, George Eliot, which wasn't George; it was a female. I think in Silas Marner just catches some of of. Our humanity. Uh, here's a man that was a miser and and was obsessed with his gold, and then finds a little girl and raises it. And the girl, in effect, saves Silas from himself. Mm. Well, you know, we're talking. You know, every good story is a gospel story. There's a as a, a kid, I I read profusely Western paperbacks. I mean, you know, there was something about you know Max Brand's characters that. You know, kind of. I I could just I could take a book and consume it in a day. Go and get another one. One of the things I it made me fascinated at the life of this guy by the name of Max Brand. His real name was Frederick Faust. For old people, he actually wrote the Doctor Kildare series that was on TV many many years ago, probably before I was born. But he really wanted to be known for his prose. But he made his living, you know tapping out these uh, pulp fictions. What I found later, the thing that was attractive, he always, all his characters, he always created a character flaw that was overcome by a character strength. And so there was a, you know, the, these were, these mold you in some way. And so his, his character flaw, perhaps the, the person was a cripple with a, a considerable you know, brain power, or maybe he was just a simple, large, strong guy who was just gentle and kind. And uh, he basically took those things from some of the uh, Greek literature. Yeah. Uh, So he would create these figures that were uh, attractive. And so in moral character building, you know, those are great books. Yeah. Tony Ranke wrote a guide actually here a few years ago. It's just called Lit, L-I-T, short for literature. Subtitle is A Christian's Guide to Reading Books. And so he makes an argument uh, on on how to read better, what to read, when to read, why you should read. So it's essentially a theology of reading, and it gives practical suggestions for how to read widely, how to read well, and how to make it worthwhile. Because he's he's basically says what what Jonathan has said is that you, you can see the Christian worldview eke through great literature. So that's one book. How's lit. that working for you, Josh? You only watch I, movies. Actually, I actually <laughs> I did read Stranger. Um, which was written by a guy named Albert, I think it's Camus. Camus. Yeah. Camus. And he's an existentialist, and man, Total Depravity totally comes through in that novel mm-hmm. chillingly. And that's mm-hmm. why Tony Renke said to read it so you can see it better. 
I, I actually wanted to put on my list The Plague by Albert Camus um, mm-hmm. because it, it, that so embodies the, the philosophy of existentialism. And mm-hmm. not that I'm endorsing what they're endorsing, yeah. but I am endorsing reading the book in order to understand existentialism. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the Christian have, worldviews like that, you know, uh, Solzhenitsyn's Crime and Punishment yeah. uh, really deals with depravity and... Yep. So this has got to be on the list because of 2020. Uh, 1984 by uh, George Orwell. Mm-hmm. Um, super a chilling account of, you know, kind of a socialistic, communistic uh, world. Um, you read it and you're like, am I, am I reading the newspaper right now in, in certain spots? Um, really good book. And I would add to that that Animal Farm is a, is a helpful book to read um, another George Orwell as pretty far short as, too right it's very short very accessible you can read it in just a couple hours um, if we're just throwing out random books at the end here I would say To Kill a Mockingbird was was influential for mm-hmm. me with understanding just race relations um, just yeah good understanding Outsiders S.E. Hinton I thought was helpful um, for just understanding group dynamics um, and I, I would actually throw in um I just drew a blank. I'm not throwing anything else in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what happens when you read novels. Yep, yeah. no, no. <laughs> no, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we hope to see you next time. 